Welcome, motherfuckers, to the first episode ever, ever of Trash Talk. I'm Nate Trash. I'm here with my good, good, best good friend, Ryan Boyko. This guy has been one of my friends for probably the better part of fucking ten years now since the start of World Class White Trash. All the way to the fucking end of World Class White Trash and a lot of the most intense times in between. Introduce yourself, you fuck. Hey, it's BDP Boyko up in here. Um, yeah, we have been through this for a little bit. Up on the tops of the mountains, down in the trenches. A little bit. Battling it out. A little bit. And uh, yeah, we're still tight as fuck. So all the haters can take that one to the bank. Gotta grease up a pinky to get in there. Yeah. So, so it's good. I'm glad I get to be a part of the inaugural fucking episode of Trash Talk with Mr. Nation Trash. This is going to be uh, pretty fun. Here's hoping that we can fucking do something good, and maybe it's going to be a little bit more valuable than what I've been doing with my time lately. I just bring <laughs> up some good conversation, stir the pot a little bit, you know, rib some motherfuckers. It is trash talk after all, so. It is trash talk, but in the end, I do have you as a guest, so let's tell these motherfuckers what you've been doing and what you're all about, man. Uh, recently just got located back into town after a couple month hiatus out of town, and now it's, I'm actually picking up fuckloads of session work. I'm um, digging the recordings right now. Um, we're working on our hyperviolent shit. Um, I got 10 Dead Crow that is just popping right now. I'm going to do a quick plug. Uh, if this comes out before February 27th on the Thursday, uh, 10 Dead Crow's got a showcase at Ranchman's. Um, if you guys want to come on down, there's even a possibility we might put a little budget towards. You know, if you show up saying that you're there to see 10 Dead Crow, we might buy you a beer. Ooh. <laughs> you know, we might, That's put a, a good we might put a $500 budget on it. So, you know, if 100 people show up, we're... We First ones covered. through the door, get a fucking booze bottle. They're kind of doing the uh, thing where it's like, if, you know, 50% of it is on your performance, which we're going to fucking slate uh, this fucker. But the other 50% is that whole who you bring. So this is kind of one of those ones where like likes on Facebook and the want to be there. Hopefully I can is, is, is nice and all for support, but you really want to, we need concrete numbers. We need concrete to come out and show up because if we do actually hit this and win it, our asses uh, then get a showcase spot at Country Thunder this year. That's a big one, man. And I mean, hey, shit, if you're sharing the stage with Keith Urban, that's some pretty good notoriety for an upcoming local band here. So. Well, and that's what I've noticed these days is a lot of bands, a lot of bands up and coming. They rely so heavily on Facebook and just Facebook alone, mm. not even other promotion platforms. Like I was on, I was online the other day and I was on Facebook, but I wasn't trying to promote my band. I was on Facebook, just scrolling through to kill time. And one of my friends said, I love bands in town. The bands in town app is great. Yeah. Why the fuck don't people use the bands in town app? Why? Like. There's so many platforms out there for promotion that we don't need to rely on just our Facebook group and the invites that come to it. Because now, if people haven't noticed, Facebook maxes out your fucking invites. Yeah. You can't invite your friends over and over again anymore. Exactly. It makes it so fucking difficult to actually make sure your friends are fucking informed. Not to mention the algorithms themselves. If you don't post at the right time during the day, you're not going to fucking have anything be seen. Your post won't be fucking seen at all. Oh, yeah. And the I big one, too, is Facebook's algorithm actually holds back likes and things to constantly have you 
going back onto Facebook to check. That's, That's why right. you get people going like, well, I only got 12 likes on my paella photo today, but everybody liked my green lime yogurt and there was 128 likes. So I'll keep it. posting so that green lime yogurt picture. come back to see. Yeah. And to me, it's almost like, like you're almost feeding like this, like self-confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. They want to see more of it. They want to see Right. More. That's right. I mean, that's a good thing to have. You obviously want to as artists. But don't get so hung it. up on one platform. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, and, and in that sense, in that same sense, just because you don't want to be hung up on that one platform, don't go without promoting, period. Yeah. You need to look for other avenues. Because I see bands that say, oh, well, we're all in the same crew on Facebook. We all have the same friends. We're all in the same scene. So you can only share so much and invite so many people before you're just doing it. So that's your job to go out and look beyond these platforms exactly. and these realms to expose yourself. Like me personally... I live down the street from one of the most concentrated fucking urban centers in Calgary, which is Kensington. I talk to people. I fucking engage people on an individual level and say, this is what I'm all about. Yeah. I hand out handbills. I get handbills from the show. I'm a very, very avid and heavy supporter slash member of the Calgary Beer Corps. I have been for years. I always promote through my mouth. Because for the longest time, I didn't have fucking data on my phone mm -hmm. to promote with. Mm -hmm. So you need to speak what you want. Because guess what? You fucking sharing your fucking event page once a day isn't really going to work. Most, my, most of my fucking internet contributions are made at 5 in the morning when I'm on my way to fucking work. Yeah. Like, I'm up at 4.30 every day to get ready for work. And that's when my brain's working the best. And guess what? Facebook doesn't like that. But Instagram's okay with that. They're owned by Facebook, but they're not the same algorithms. Yeah. They're not the same physical entity. There's so many ways out there to get your band out there that you don't need to rely on just one. And now what we have is this stagnation of bands that believe because they're in the same social circles that know their band, they should be able to rely on these people who know their band without having to do this extra effort every time. It doesn't matter if you've played 10 shows in a year or 100 shows in a month. Mm -hmm. You still have to focus on promoting that show like it's your first fucking well, show. And that stigma also needs to leave, I think, almost every scene, not just like our local Oh, one, definitely. I'm, that that yes. stigma of like, oh, yeah. your band is playing too much. Fuck you. If, 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 if you don't want to come see me, don't come yeah, see yeah. me. If you want to come see me once a week and we have three shows a week in three different venues, you know, the same band. Well, that obviously means that, A, those three venues don't mind having you. Yeah. If there's constantly people showing up, then maybe your, your band, band is good. Your band's success. And maybe the people that are telling you, you play too much, maybe that's their defense mechanism because that's the only thing that they can say to feel better or, about their bands. Or maybe your band is fucking stagnant. And maybe you're playing the same 10 songs over and over again for the last three fucking years in the same fucking scene. And like World Class did that for the longest time. Yeah. That's why we had to split up. You're stagnant. So they're saying, don't play so much because you're not doing anything fucking new that adds value to these shows that you're playing all the well, time. Well, shows are the thing that pleases, like, it pleases the feels of the artists and the players. It like, is. It's, we it's, all know yeah. it. If you're in a band and you're hearing this, 
you know, like next to making your lady get off. You want to fucking show. Off, you want to play a fucking dudes, show. That's your thing. But it's like when you pop a crowd, like when you finish a song, Bah, that right? crowd. That is one of the like, you can't explain that to your parents. Why do you pay to play and don't make money? So Especially the day you open for Iced Earth at Mac Hall and walk across a sold out stage and they start chanting your fucking name. You know, your band finishes a song and 800 and some people just explode in cheers. There is no way you can describe that feeling in that rush. It's like when you have you know, like 800 to 10,000 people screaming up for what you just did. It's like, yeah, where's 10 more even shots you, of fucking that, even please? If you have, fuck, even if you... I know for me, with world-class white trash, we were always able to plug and play wherever the fuck we wanted and still have at least some sort of formidable quality. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was the whole fact that people enjoyed the shit that we thought nobody else liked. Mm-hmm. But to get back to what I was saying there with the whole, that's to appease, like, the, you know, the show part is to appease us. We love as artists and performers, we love the stage. We love being that person that, like, you know, everyone always asks why I smile fucking so much. Well, when you're in the middle of playing and you see, like, a sold-out distortion or a sold-out border crossing it's or fucking huge. sold-out fucking Dickens and all these people are smiling and they're fucking stoked and into it and you realize then it hits you, like, yeah, I'm enhancing the soundtrack of their life for this 45 minutes or this hour. Like, how can you not enjoy that? But the downfall I found with world-class and we've talked about this before was no, no physical product. Of course. Like you guys yeah. in bands that are talking about, you know, yeah. alternative wave shout out. Don't to worry Nathan about thing. fucking shows. You worry guys want to sign up product. for fucking these like moments fest. You want to do loud as hell. You want to do Armstrong. You want to do uh, alternative waves. You need to have merchandise because I could go and see a fucking deadly band and you got your black metal fucking spelling that looks like a silhouetted tree branch in the fucking sky. Even if you don't. Now, even how if do you I don't. go and I go, now I see your band play and it's, you know, called like fucking bile fucking like anal polygamy. Uh, who knows, you know. Frenetic okay. defile. How do I now go and promote your fucking band if you don't have merch you don't have a shirt that has your name not even a motherfucking sticker you know like to me that's the downfall of bands because i can't go out to someone and go well well, i saw this wicked band on the weekend what were they called i can't remember the name and i don't know how to spell it i don't have anything reference well what do they sound like now well i don't have an album so now we suffer doing the thing where we we relate bands to other bands Oh, they kind of have like a cannibal corpse mixed with like uh, Mashuga and like a little, little local punk like Downway. And it's like, well, now I'm thinking of those three bands. And if I don't like one of them, I'm not going to like the fucking sound that you're trying to tell me. So it's like you bands like I, it, the stage is wonderful, but that's just one part of this whole thing. Like yes, it's, it's yes. a really fun job being in a band, but it's still a, a job. job. And it's one of the only jobs where the worker pays to go to work and, and usually it. sees a very little and they're fucking grateful income, for it. You know? And they're grateful And, and we're fucking it. doing this 17, 20 years fucking running. And you know what? Most of the guys that are doing it that way, are they're still fucking happy because we enjoy music. We enjoy the process of this. Like, we're all artists. We're sharing this. But if you want to make a statement as a band coming up, 
Have your fucking do the work first. Have your bases covered. So many Don't bands work to a deadline. So I've many bands that. tried to make the statement of hey, like we're gonna come out with a fucking wicked show and some wicked tunes and worry about everything else later. And then what happens? They burn themselves out, realizing that they have to worry about everything else before they can continue any further, and they don't know how. So they end up dying in that time mm-hmm. between between being a great performing band and then figuring out the other side of the business, and then they die in between because a bunch of the members realize that, you know what? I didn't want to do this as a business, so I don't want to pursue it as a business. And then we all split up and get into cover bands. Fucking cover bands, And then all the fucking original Don't even get me started on fucking cover bands. They get mad at us cover guys because... You know, like, look at how, like, back in the day at Morgan's... A cover band can get played $1,000 for a set. Morgan's Broken Toys, $1,200 every fucking Tuesday. Tuesdays, man. Every, you know, there's four Tuesdays in the and month. You've got broken four toys, guys in the band. If, if you don't Each know... Each guy just made $1,200 a month to go and play some Poison, some fucking sticks. For our listeners... fucking Thin Lizzy. For our know? listeners, um, if you're not from Calgary, Broken Toys... I don't want to say anything negative. I don't oh, no, want to push negativity. They have been the longest running 80s but cover old. band that's been successful. They are old. For so many years. We also have like our I've playground heard, zones. I've heard stories. I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories about fucking the guys from Broken Toys trying to play that asshole fucking rock star thing, right? And like to the point where I've heard them at the Greyfoot Eagle or the Greyfoot. Am I saying that right? Grey Eagle. The Grey Eagle in a casino um, spitting on crowd members. Because they're not fucking, because they're spiteful towards the promoter for something that the crowd didn't have nothing to do with, but they're taking it out on yeah, the crowd. Yeah, see, that's disrespectful. It kind of reminds me of, oh, fuck, West, West Deloo. I, I hope you get West a chance Deloo, to West Deloo, Exit this. Strategy. Yeah, and Tendai Crow, strategy, old singer from Tendai and I mean, he was just the fucking... Kill Ya Kai. Now, when we were in Kill Ya Kai, I, I wasn't, actually, I wasn't in Kill Ya Kai yet. And Wes had told me this story, and this is what happens, bands, when you... You want to spit on a motherfucker? Like, we've all heard, like, the Phil Anselmo, the Les Claypool. I mean, you can look them up on YouTube. Just someone spits at Les Claypool. Someone spits at fucking Phil Anselmo. It's beautiful. Like, how these guys are like, you want to fucking spit at me? I'll fucking kick your long hair out. Now, now, if I'm in the crowd and I just spent, I don't know, say uh, 25 to 50 bucks, if it's a decent kind of local show... I'm dropping some merch on you. I'm spending some money on beers. And you fucking spit on me? <laughs> so this incident was Wes um, at the Underground and the, the Tards were playing. And I guess, like, they come out in diapers and they play this whole Down Syndrome shtick. Like, they all got, you know, they're all they're all Tards. Uh, Buddy's shtick was that he would take an old Henry bar uh, before the show and stick it in his diaper. And then at the end, he pulls it out. And, you know, takes a bite out of it or whatever. It looks like he shit his pants. Well, I guess he literally actually shit himself at this show at the Underground. And it's it's on the fucking stage. It's dripping out his diaper. And, like, people are backing up, Wes said, because they can smell this pungent shit. Now, Wes is by the Center Island Bar. Like, you know, you got the Undertaker guy at that one. And it's like, kind of like the center tables, the long tables, right underneath where that fucking piping broke and all the fucking shit water went in the grating. Anyway. This guy's walking through the crowd, 
And I guess he had a cousin there, and the cousin had seen the shtick before, so he went to run up, and like, dude's got like the Did he try and put hand. his mouth on the dude, shit? Dude's got his because fucking- Because he thought it was a chocolate okay, bar? He's holding the shit, <laughs> and he's walking up to people, and people are all backing up and stuff. Now, Wes isn't fully aware, because he's halfway back in the bar, and this guy's walking through, people are moving and stuff. <laughs> now, as the guy puts this his guy's hand out- This guy's pulling a Tom Green and carrying shit. He puts shit. his hand out, like, to shake, and Wes thinks he's, like, shaking his hand. He's got his wire and all this stuff, and- he just smears this shit on the back of, of Wes's hand, like the top back of his hand. And the, I guess the cousin or friend or whatever thought it was part of the props. So and he walked it. up and licked oh, it on Wes's hand. Oh, you hand. licked his poops. Now, Wes realizes this is shit. And he's just like, what the fucking shock? So he said he went into the bathroom and had like the fucking scalding hot water, like steaming. And gets off his hand and he goes, oh, after oh, that oh, happened, oh, he oh. walked the front of the stage and beat his no, face and he stood there with his fucking arms crossed right in front of the singer who's standing up above him on the stage with his arms crossed and he's like I watched all the rest of their fucking set didn't say anything and as soon as he went thanks a lot we're the tar good night I grabbed him by his fucking hipster beard and just started smacking now I don't know if y'all know how West Lou throws punch but it's like Derek Lewis hitting you I've, I've seen him hit a person I won't say the gender <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I saw him hit a dude, and the guy did an aerial, like in Ninja Turtles. Like, the guy did a fucking full flip, left the ground. Like <laughs> A I, guy in a diaper doing a flip yeah. from a punch? The only other harder punch <laughs> I saw was Russ G uppercut a guy, and he had coins in his lapel pocket. The guy left the ground, like fucking Brad Pitt and fucking snatched during that uppercut and the fucking... Oh, I, like that kind of a, like that kind of a fu- almost doing a moonsault, and we heard punch, and then we heard tinkle, 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 and flunk. He hit him so fucking hard, the guy's change came out of his lapel and hit the ground before the guy did. Punch, tinkle, tinkle, <laughs> tinkle, tinkle, flunk. <laughs> but yeah, so like to, you know, long story short, don't, don't fuck with fucking Lou. Disrespect. Like, spitting on a motherfucker, that, like, that's some Gigi Allen shit, and that day has come and gone. That's weak, but it's Pissing still, if you fucking, fucking crowd, spit like, on, on me, I will fuck you Yeah, up. don't be surprised if we're waiting by the fucking, like, loadout van if you fucking spit on people. Like, I'm the kind of guy that is going to say, if you want to see the show, you come up to the fucking front, and you're protected by me. Or you're protected by the band. If you want to mosh, you want to slam, you push it back a little bit so that people can fucking enjoy the show. You're obviously not there to see the show. Yeah, you're so you there to be a be, spectacle you fighting the invisible the, fucking ninja. And, and that's cool. That's totally cool, in a way, man. You know, if one people want to dance... Guys, if that's your dance thing, and I've seen it, but I've also seen some like New York hardcore shows where guys are just like running in and drop kicking a bitch from but the you back of the head just because that's what they do now. To me, um, and this is actually a shout out God rest his soul, Mike Hopes. Oh my! One God, of the reasons yeah. he went wireless was a few years ago. We started seeing this, like you know, someone's just standing there, and all of a sudden they crouch down and start slamming elbows backwards. If you got a pack floor, I see guys that all of a yeah. sudden just throw those hands back and do a spinning ninja kick. I've seen some guys do it at Dickens by the fucking pool and that's table, wrong. And by that's the wrong. pool table, and that's ninja wrong. kick someone. But in at the, the head. same time, I've also watched lots of lot. And shout out to Hate Five Six because I watched so many of his fucking videos. I watched today. I watched the War Zone, the Gorilla Biscuits, and the Youth of Today sets all today by Hate Five Six, and 
They were all throwing down. Yeah. Nobody got fucking hurt. See, but because they all know how to dance. So when you mix different thing, when, when you, you mix scenes, the thing is though, if you're in a death metal scenes, show. Okay, but guess what? When and you, you start doing to, that, but we need to realize that we need to be able to understand how these people move, so we can mix these scenes and everybody can enjoy these things together. And that's how Holmes an, would regulate it an because individual, Holmes would walk into the middle of the pit when he saw that because he was the one that always told me he's like. You know, especially when you're doing, like, say, Six Sika or an all-ages show. The kids aren't as rough as us drunk motherfuckers slamming no, on the pit, no. throwing each other around, doing walls of death. Like, we don't give a fuck. That's how we get our aggression out. That's why I've always said, over the years and years I've been doing the metal scene, I have seen a lot of aggression, but I've never seen violence. Because that's why we have pits. That's why we slam. Motherfucker falls. There's more hands nowadays than there was 20 years ago with guys picking them up. Yeah. You know, it's not like an ICP show where you fall and they're like, boots, no, boots. boots. And it's like, dude, I well, thought you guys were supposed to be brotherhood. You we know, but also the thing, the thing with that, though, I can't really speak from experience on an ICP show because we also have people in the scene like Calman mm-hmm. who has booked, who's booked those guys. And shout out to fucking Calman for doing that shit. He's bringing Onyx back down again. Oh, I'm shitting on ho- no juggalos. I'm, just I'm saying, hoping to go see Onyx. They're not my beliefs. Right. These are just my observations. Right? And that's, like that's when I see it. videos Our online and like a guy at an ICP show falls exactly. and someone just Doc Martens him in the dome. And it's doesn't still even try speculation. To pick him up. That's still. And it's like you guys are supposed to be brotherhood. So right. To me, like we also like and this is how Hoax felt. He's like, I want people to feel safe but empowered. Yes. When you're at our shows. So yes. I don't want to have an all-ages show. And now everyone's intimidated. To, haven't you noticed? Like, all of y'all, if you're at a fucking show tonight, if you're going to one tomorrow, take a look when one of those guys does that Holocaust. fight the invisible ninja shit. Like, watch what everybody at the edge of the pit does. Like, you see the, the elitists and the hardcores and the traditional moshers and shit, and they're like... All the other people are intimidated and don't want to go on the floor because they know they're going to catch a fucking heel or a spinning back fist. Hoes would walk down into the pit and just stand. They wouldn't touch them or anything, but he would stand right fucking up to the guy and keep on singing his stuff. If the guy ended up knocking him, he'd knock him back. He'd get knocked back. But that's the only time I ever saw someone get checked, but then it never happened. If there's a time and a place for everything, it's just like you don't see line dancing motherfuckers. When you're watching Exit Strategy play. Rest in peace. <laughs> you know? Rest in peace, Mike Hugars. Rest in peace, Stats. Yeah, brother. Full. I fucking love all this you guys. This one's fucking for Mikey. Mike Hoogs. Um, actually, one of the first world-class shows, I had a fucking... Uh, I had an obsessed tooth, and we had a show to play. At Dickens. It was our first show at Dickens. This was probably eight, nine years ago. Uh, everybody had left because it was a birthday show and the birthday boy had broken his ankle mm-hmm. in, the pit. in the pit. So everybody cleared out to take him to the hospital. The only people that were left were Big Nate and fucking Hoops. And then Boyko showed up just as we were playing our last song. Well, I had had my fucking abscessed tooth and I said right off the bat, I have an abscessed tooth, but we're fucking here to play this show. And sure enough, Did after, that, ever? <laughs> after that, like, Hoax saw was, that when we played, to, we played you were lying on the keg. Your feet were on the ground and your head was on the ground. And I'm like, this guy is bent like a lowercase letter N backwards, like a fucking like Cirque du Soleil contortionist. And when we saw that, because you were wearing like, you know, the patches and like, the, you had oh, the yeah, punk my pants. I still and everyone was like, oh, here comes a punk band. And then you went on in this guttural fucking explosion came out. Darcy's riffs. 
and he's fucking drumming and like we were just like I remember Hose goes these guys are fucking opening for us and then sure enough a year later we're fucking opening yeah we played some because it's that respect that camaraderie that comes with the scene like there's guys in the scene and I was 18 years old I was fucking 18 and we were playing with you guys Black is Sin shout out to Black is Sin Rob Stolowich fucking Tim Nick oh and now Black is Sin has a new vocalist that I am not at liberty to yeah, say I know, it's, who it is. Hush, hush on that one. That's going to get a But I know, I know who the fuck it is. I yeah. know who the fuck it is. And let's just say this individual comes from very, I don't want to say prestigious because it, everything like that is all relative. But this motherfucker is very well respected in black metal, in, at least in my eyes. So I'm stoked to see what happens. I was a little bit bummed out because I lived with Rob. I did a fucking song with Blackest Sin that's on their last recording. I lived with Rob too. I started Perfcore. <laughs> I'm doing actually. I'm doing vocals for the song that I recorded with them at Hooks's memorial show, March 14th. Yeah, March 14th. Um, if you all remember, Mike. I mean, like he, Mike if, Hugars, if, you, if you didn't know him that well, but you had been to a Stab Twist show or you had fucking you know. Seen some of his fucking been supported by him in his filming. Had him do a video for you. He films your skateboarding shit. If he connected with you in any way, I mean, the least you can do. March fourteenth at the Stetson. Plus, that is Stab Twist pulls Pitmaster fucking Mitch Gatenby's birthday. Oh yeah, buddy. So if y'all don't know, uh, like Mitch, Mitch was like our big foul. <laughs> you know, he was like our fucking hype man, security, roadie. This guy was undying support, even through like the member changes and everything that's gone still. Even if you're not, can't make it out for fucking hoes. Come out for fucking Mitch, man, because that guy has, he's been one of the most rowdiest sons of bitches in, in the last decade that you'll see in the pit. He's the guy, the big boy with the fucking hat on backwards that's just circling like a great white shark in the pit. Just and then waiting as soon for somebody as someone to make a runs to him, he just plants a foot and they bounce off him like Jazzy Jeff getting exited out of the Bel Air house by Uncle Phil. Just, ah! <laughs> like, seriously, I have seen so many guys charge in at him when he's doing his fucking and not chummed watered move. fucking circle. And he would just plant a foot, push a shoulder, and guys would go fucking horizontal in the air and for when you're on stage playing and you see something like that, like that does kind of put a little, you know, a I love Mitch. A little I love tear Mitch. in your eye Mitch, for how much you love the boy. Mitch will be coming on a future show because this show is not just about the local music scene. This show is called fucking trash talk. Not meaning that we're just going to sit here and shit talk you. No, I mean <laughs> trash. I mean, people need to people realize that. Do. Like, it's not just like, this is trash talk. 99% of you all know who I am. That's why you're listening to this. But for those of you who don't know, my name is Nate Trash. That name was given to me by one of my fucking dearest, dearest friends named Justin Shadows. Um, this happened years and years ago. We played shows with Leave the Living back when we first started. Justin Shadows... So dope. Justin Shadows was the one who put my fucking life in perspective and told me to realize how bad where I was headed was. Mm-hmm. And he he helped me out of that. And he gave me this name that I have and that I'm trying to build something out of. And I'm not only trying to make it for myself, but I'm trying to destigmatize this whole trash fucking thing. The old fucking saying goes... One man's trash is another man's treasure. So, 
So why are we stigmatizing trash when we should be taking what we are given and what other people see as fucking garbage and, and as the throwaway from society and turning it into something that's amazing that can, can, can change the lives of other people who might be in that same circumstance and not know it or not even have an avenue out of it. So Justin Shadows gave me this name and I have taken it because my name... My Nathan, Nathan Recyclable Trash. It right? means something better out of Gen- it. If I was in the army, it would be General Waste. <laughs> General Waste. <laughs> like, like the label on a garbage can at a job site. <laughs> so, okay, back to it. Back to it. My real name is actually n- not very... Not a very suitable reputation. I come from a line of criminals and drug addicts, and I, me and my brother and sister, we have broken the cycle. Let's just say that when I, like, my folks, Nate, Nate's uh, olds kind of guy, my folks were out in Didsbury, like, uh, 2008, 2009. Ryan's mom was a teacher at the high school. No, 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 she was at Haltane, but my dad okay, was okay. out there, and the thing was, my dad didn't know Nate Trash. He knew Nathan's actual last name because of the laundry list of offenses that comes with his father's last name. And my uncle, mostly my uncle, and but we're not that, getting... in that county, you know, like that name, when you hear that last name, people go, oh, that family. So, yeah. in a way, it makes sense. I mean, like, if, if Boyko was a fucking, had, like, you know, if my dad was like Weinstein, I would definitely be going by a different kind of last name moniker. You well, know? and that's just it. I'm not trying to... I love my family. I still <laughs> see my family all the time. I don't throw any negativity or disrespect no. in any direction. Can't change your name. You can only but, change your actions. And that's exactly right. Me, myself, as Nate Trash, I can influence the lives of hundreds and hopefully, hopefully hundreds of thousands of fucking people. And I can help them to feel like they are not the only people to feel outcasted. And if it takes me to sit here and to fucking wax philosophical over whatever I see, whatever things that I feel aren't right, then I will do that. Because nobody else seems to be doing it, and all I want is to not have to go back to the negativity that I was at before. And not a lot of people were there to help me with that. So if I can be the person to help these people with that before they have to go looking then the world can, might be a little bit better of a fucking place. It just because fucking Uncle Nathan here is a little younger than some of y'all doesn't mean he hasn't been through shit that you might be about to go through. And he's already seen the light at the end of the tunnel. All it takes is asking a motherfucker about some advice as opposed to thinking, reach out. Well, he went through it and look at it. It's like, well, I know guys that have been through some shit and now they're running companies. If you're listening you know? to this podcast right now, you have full permission to reach out to me individually and let me know and I will do my best to inject some positivity into your fucking day and make you feel a little bit better. That is my mission as an individual on this fucking planet to make sure that every person I come into contact with feels a little bit better about their existence after that contact. That's the kind of the idea and the irony I think about this trash talk thing because it's like it's called trash talk but this is about making you I give listeners a fuck. I give a fuck. feel like you're fucking, you're doing something right. Like you are good. Compliments to you needs to be given more. I was saying this earlier today before we uh, actually started this thing up. And I go, why is everyone so quick nowadays to mention on your fuck up or your failure? But they never mention the great job you do every other time. So like, so instead of, instead of perpetuating that, I'll be the fucking person to say good job to everybody. Yeah. It's as easy as that. Instead of complaining about... 
how there's no positivity injected into the world. Come talk to some positive I'll pop up. I'll pop up on your fucking post and give you a compliment. I'll tell you, I you got a, a big fuck. dick. Follow me on Facebook. <laughs> Follow me on Facebook on uh, Trash Talk with Nate Trash or my personal page, Nathan Trash. Yeah, or PM us. And you know? get a little bit of fucking positivity. All, all the time I'm posting compliment threads where you leave me a comment. I'll leave you a compliment. And nine times out of ten, people leave compliments, which I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying comment. Like, we're two guys that are proof that you can um, you can get successful in this scene, and then you can have a stigma created or an, uh, a presumed image. Because a lot of people, a lot of people only know us, Nate, because they've paid, well, knock on wood, they've uh. fucking paid to come and see us perform now. You know me as Show Boyko. Yeah. The guy on stage, and then when I'm done, I'm high-kicking at the bar yeah. and going, ah! Whenever a band party. makes a fucking yeah. awkward silence. Like, I'm that guy, but that's, that's like the, that's Boyko. Like, there's, there's also Ryan Boyko. And a lot of motherfuckers, like, I think that, like, people like you, and like, you know, there's some in the circle that know me, but, there's a lot of people that are really quick to be, you know, marshal the troops together and talk about all the bad you are when you're not around to defend yourself. And we're a couple of guys that we were up there in the fucking scene, notoriety, doing all these fucking bands, everybody's talking about you, you're getting things in magazines and all this shit. And, and you know, we've also had our fucking low point. And there's a lot of people that like to really, really fucking jump to the gun when you're at your low point. Well, this is why. Well, when's the last time you talked to him? Oh, like two years ago. Oh, so you have no fucking idea on what's going on currently. And after we've been through our lows, now we're a couple of guys that can prove you can do this scene. You can have people talk shit about you. You can fucking slip. But you can also get your ass back up and get oh, back yeah. even higher. Fuck, fuck did I ever And you slip? know, it, 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 it takes you. It doesn't take like... When we're playing shows and we're playing music, we want that, like, uh, approval that we're doing something good. But no one really wants to see how, are you good in your personal life? Is everything working well? How's your health? You know, everyone are just you, wants are to... Are you fucking eating? Why aren't you playing? Or, Bro, when was the last time you had a good poop? Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing today? Hey, man. Uh, When's the last work? time someone says that? And not, and not like, like, so how you been? And then to expect that, like, fine. Oh, that's good. And, and then, like, yeah. Like, come you know? on. Like, how have things been, man? Like, oh, be, be, be that voice to a friend that feels bad sometimes and be like, you know, I know that some motherfuckers out there might say shit about you, but they don't know you like I do. And I know you're not like that. So don't buy into this shit. Like, more people will be like, fuck those people. Don't listen to them. But it's like, no, that's just dismissive. Like, you got to reassure people that are struggling. Why they fucking? You have the power to get out of anything yourself. I mean, I, my you were the one quote, who got yourself in there. My favorite quote: Tyler Durden, Fight Club. You choose your own level, right? Both, and it's so such a fucking cliche quote. Like, come on, Fight Club. Why didn't I know about the show? Well, Come it's on. only been posted for fucking four weeks on all the social media. You have a click of liking going, and then the day of you want to say, Oh, I didn't know okay, about the let's show. Get on to you the real... chose your own now level that we're of here, Now that we have taken a half hour segue into this, <laughs> let's get to the real meat and fucking potatoes oh, yeah? of the matter. All right, taking my pants off. You want to fucking tell me that you can't afford to go to my show, but you paid for Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> 
Okay, I know Justin Hall's gonna love this one. So you spend three hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to have a band take two hours out of your time to yell about corporation problems, and franchises, and capitalism. But you drop the thing. Okay, here's the kicker. Let's say you got floor tickets. So that's uh, $1,243 fucking dollars. I saw it on Ticketmaster. So that's $1,000 right there. Now, you, you're having Saddle Dome beer. Even if you don't drink, after you see a raid show, you've got a buzz on because you started drinking. It just does that to you. So let's say five to seven Saddle Dome beer at $10 a beer. Now you got paid transportation because uh, nobody's drinking fuck, or driving after and if three you are, Saddle Dome beer. Yeah, idiot. and if you are, I hope you go through one of them checks. Though. So you got... $1,500 night or going an all-inclusive for a week. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, now let's get off that fucking topic because we don't want to beat a dead fucking horse. Everybody who is going is going to have a great time. Mm -hmm. If you paid for it, you deserve to fucking go and have a good time. I personally would have loved to have gone. Zach De La Roca and Rage Against the Machine is one of my fucking hugest stage and vocal influences. But guess what? I Bill's got to be paid! But in that, now, now saying that, we are going to take a short break and we're going to listen to some motherfucking Yumi Yokai. This song's called Leave Those Bones for the Crows.
everybody <laughs> we're stop. back i can't stop i'm sorry uh voigel <laughs> had a big fat dab dabs i feel so like cool. i'm wearing a tiny hat <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god just you deal with it sorry I'm uncle voigel's out of commission for a sec <laughs> that was uh fuck me that right. tune was by yumi yokai they are a hardcore band from red deer <laughs> a lot of crazy good hardcore coming from red deer the red deer scene He's fucking killing it right now. Let's Central do some Alberta, shout-outs. Get your shit tight. Let's go with some shout-outs for Red Deer right now. Okay, let's give a shout-out to Proud Dads Promotions. <laughs> Word. That's Jimmy Bryant, Brett Trons, Joey Hunter. Joey is one of my best fucking homeboys from back in fucking That's high school. Joey. Joey, uh, he does vocals for 21st Agenda. 21st <laughs> Agenda <laughs> is another one of my favorite bands. One of the best fucking mathcore bands out there right now. They're not the most technical... But as far as song structure and just all around fucking loving their music, they are one of the well, good energy. Bands. A good energy, too, for... Uh, like you go to shows, you're fucking moving. Who else? We got Wives' Tale. That's Jimmy Bryan's thrash band. Jimmy is one of the most socially conscious <coughs> motherfuckers I've ever met. He's, he's really just an all-around great dude. We were playing shows with him when he was 17, playing in Sledgehammer Death Face. Yes. Is so, fucking uh, Sean Higgins still fucking doing Sean projects? Higgins plays with... Netheria? No, no. Sean Higgins. Shout out to Sean Higgins. Yes, such here. a fucking awesome drummer, too. He and I plays, hope that floor tom still sounds good, you know? He plays for one of the tech death bands coming out of Edmonton right now. The name is right there. It's in front of everybody's faces. Like, well, it's obviously not going to have on. Henwood in it. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Hey, it's actually. trash talk, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm going to stop that conversation right there. Go buy one of the shirts off Reagan. <laughs> yeah, support um, Reagan's thing. And, uh, you know, instead of, like, Reagan people, Mayor instead of hearsay, actually, like, fucking support fucking over guys that want to rip off our scene. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it. What I'm going to say is... That's all is, I got to say. I'm going to say go support Overgrowth Entertainment and Reagan Mayer because he's the guy who did my artwork. <coughs> and he's just a dope-ass fucking honestly, dude to know. The way, that guy has come such a distance in the last two years. I'm so proud of that motherfucker. He's one of the greatest musicians I fucking know. Everything he he's touches... He's just a fucking good soul. Everything like, that's he touches the thing. That's a good, gold, Just a genuinely kind soul. He really is. He really you know? is. I totally fucking... It's like, like people are like, oh, fuck Reagan. It's like, dude, you probably hate Stevie Wonder, too. Like, how are you gonna hate Stevie? How are you gonna get mad at someone like Reagan? Well, and that's exactly the point. But, eh. It is. is. That's right. So, that's right. so um, I wanted to bring up a point, and I want... If this is like, you know, you got this on the, uh, on your, like, social media pages, the Facebook page, obviously it's open for comments. Um, it's been ongoing and I, I myself have actually changed my opinion upon this situation because I was so fucking against it and it almost, well, it kind of cost me a, a position in a band. Um, the idea of bands getting tickets and having to either give back some of the money for tickets and then say, keep door quote-unquote, or percentage of bar sales, but I don't even think that shit happened since Shalina left fucking, you know, Union. Yeah. Since Jax was fucking done, because she had the best deal. It was, um, you get half, or no, you get half of your ticket sales, but something like that. You get all of the door, and if you do over a thousand in liquor sales, you get 10% of the bar. 
I'm still. So if you promoted your show really well and you had the fucking double fisters, which we all know in the scene, guys just double fist. They go and stand, watch the band, and as soon as the band's done, they buy two more, the smoke, yeah. and then they double fist and like double fisters. Like you get four grand out of the bar that night. You guys just made fuck four hundred bucks, man. I love the way that we do it in the beer core. Um, Mark came up with the, the best fucking system. You guys move tickets? You can some sell, money? Yeah, and if you guys make more at the door, we'll give you a chunk at the door, too. And at first, I... We've made... My opinion on it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, You're a promoter, you should promote. I used to, there, or I used to, I used to do the old one where I'd go, so you want us to move half the tickets, uh, or like, say you gave us like 50 tickets, and we can sell them at $10 a ticket, but you want 250 back. If we wanted to, we could sell them at $20 a ticket, but you still as a promoter get $250 back. So in theory, we're doing legwork. But now here, that's this is how I looked at it. Remember, remember, remember. Yeah. Um, I used to also say to guys, like any promoter. Keywords is it, used to. Yeah, used to. I used to also, my rebuttal to that was, well, if I'm going to do 25, like give you, you know, half the work, I'm moving your tickets physically, walking around, selling them, doing what a promoter, it's in your name, promote. You would think you would be doing that because you're promoting your company and the bands you're representing. You shouldn't have a band representing our town. Like, they, you get the show, we come and rock it type fucking, you know, kind of egotistical idea at the time. But I've realized that it forces bands to really be more involved in the band as a whole, not just... I'm the best player, or I know my part. Or That's right. It's, it's like, because if you love your fucking band, why wouldn't you want to be from the fucking rooftops shouting your shows with a megaphone? Here's like, a perfect fuck example. That, well, check this one. Check, fuck that whole, like, you can't wear your own band shirt when you're on stage <laughs> shit. That is another one of those things that bands, like, I used to love a band goes up that. and plays, and then your band or another band goes up and plays, and one of the members is wearing their own fucking band shirt, right? They're playing better than you did. They're killing it. You know that their set's better than yours. And all and your only defense say, is to help you feel good is, yeah, but fucking fools wear it. It's an unwritten rule. Okay, first, if it's unwritten, then it's not a fucking rule. It's what elitists say. What is Second, the- go to a fucking Aussie show. Go to Black Sabbath. Go to fucking Zach wild show and tell and them push not to your wear, way to the front and tell them not and right to wear when he's black done a song gear. get his attention and like, tell him to take off hey, his black label fucking vest. zach you can't wear black and tell me how many fists come down from the fans all around you like that kind of shit needs to stop but to get where i'm at now i i looked at it now where it's like yeah promote motherfuckers I know, like, I big-name bands don't do that. It's not like U2 shows up and the Saddle Dome goes, here's 500 tickets, go walk 17th, you guys get to keep all the fucking shit. Like, we know it doesn't work like that. These guys are already set. That's major shit. But on this independent label, it goes back to the whole business. Like, it's still a business of band. It's a job. It's a really fun job. But you got to pay to do this. And if one guy's late for work... If you don't have the dishwasher, now you got to have someone stay late to do that job. Like everyone needs to put in and be active. And yes, it's not just playing, writing songs with the bros. But you know, at the it's same like you sense, have a fucking business and don't put it on one guy. Being active. One treasurer and another guy is the, like you, you mix it out. So you still have set responsibilities. One guy's PR contact your fucking you know, the promoters, let's set up a tour, let's get venues. The other guy is the treasurer accountant, you know. Then you have your social media guy that only deals with promoting shows online. And then you have your guy that gets your fucking merch done. 
Now, if you have five people in a band, one guy gets to kind of maybe help out with everything, not just do nothing. And that's the thing that makes you more successful because if everyone's always involved in the process, no one has that chance to kick their feet up and go, I'm kind of bored. When are we playing again? It's like, well, when you're not playing, you should be fucking doing your, you doing your business shit. I know a thing or two about that. Um, I used to, uh, I, for world class, I would do mostly all of the footwork for it because of the distances and everything, but that's not fair because if it all fucks up, it's all But it was you. also me who said but when the nobody first dime else is going to do it in, right. And when the first dime comes in, you're also, I'm the guy with the first that's payout because right. I'm doing it all. And I fucked us for that because I paid for a, ba- I paid for a couple batches of merch for World Class for our last couple shows. And I ended up fucking drinking and snorting all that fucking money. <laughs> hey. God fucking knows there's a reason why we're not coming back as World Class White Trash and never will again. But, in that same sense, there's also a reason... You heard that here first, guys, by the way, we're not going to get, like, second last show in Red Deer, last show, or, or, like, first returning show, second returning show in Calgary, and then you guys are finally back and doing the circuit. Like, it was good, though. I mean, if my band was going out, if I was in a band and I knew we were going out, fucking rights, I want to just, just fucking thin that out as much as I can. I don't want to just have an abrupt stop with it, especially if you know this is it. Make your last show a mini fucking tour, and you you got away with it. People at first were kind of like laughing about it, but then <laughs> yeah. it became almost like, I bet you there was like fucking internal side bets and shit. Like motherfuckers like, my 20, buddy Devin, 21 odds my buddy after Devin Red Deer, they Devin. put on two more, one in Innisfail at the zoo, and then they'll do one in fucking... Okay, okay, okay. Funny story about that. <laughs> My buddy Devin Shum, okay, shout out to Concrete Funeral. Tonight, actually, February 15th, they're playing right now Booyah. with Soulfly and Toxic Holocaust, yeah. as well as good friends of ours in Hyperia and Black Pestilence. By the way, if you're not local to this, we're in Calgary, Alberta. We are Alberta-based. Um, me, personally, I've played all over the province, as well as outside. Not Not anything extravagant, but... We played lots all over the province. Um, we don't, so what we're talking about in these podcasts will most, most of the time be about our local scenes, uh, Alberta based, Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton. We got Loudest Hellfest in Drumheller, shout out. We got Armstrong Fest in BC. We also have lots of hookups in BC, (coughs) but for now, all of our stories and our experiences will be mostly based from the Alberta scene, unless we speak otherwise. Uh, shoutouts to everybody else in BC, Without Mercy, Golers, uh, the Narnars, Victoria Ninja Scene, Spy. Ninja Spy, Diglo Abortion. Big shout out to fucking Tim and Adam. Oh, fuck. Joel. I mean, fucking you guys. Tim Jess. Your Spy. band as a whole um, had been a huge inspiration for me in the in the Kiliakai days when I got to start. And like with Kai Octus. And then with Adam Parent, I mean, big shout out to you, brother. You go from a fucking Vancouver drummer. You guys started this like 15 some, 20 some years ago at a Three brothers. You're going to have to tag and, all these guys. And Adam has like finished like a six month round the world fucking tour uh, with Michael Graves as his drummer. So it's like, and then he gets right back home. And Michael it's, Graves, it, shout out to Five Cent Freak Show. Yeah, dude. We so have it's, our own it's, it's good having on. like, we. there's a lot of talent, I think, unsung heroes and like, you know, little diamonds in the rough and secret gems that are hidden in, the, especially in 
Alberta right now. Like, there's a lot of really good thrash I've noticed coming out. Christian Caliber? Yeah, and like, you know. WMD? Yeah, even at Loot Attack, I helped uh, do their album uh, drum teching two weeks ago. Carly Brown is also in Wasted Heretics. And I mean, that girl. She rips, bro. She I watched her sit down with a click track, and I'm talking like internal, fu- and like their clicks were doing those things like we do with uh, Kai Octus, where like Nate would have it where it's like, we're at 220 here, but at the bridge it drops down to like one fucking 90. And then you sit there and you start doing the transitions. You're like, you'd be surprised how much one BPM actually really is. It doesn't change like how you really hear, but it changes the feel. It changes the way that your body is. She's doing 20, 24 BPM drops and then they come back up, but there's no, like, to a click, it's going, and then it just goes, Carly. And she's fucking nailing them with polyrhythmic off time shit. I was just like, I think her, I think her bass player boyfriend was kind of like thinking I was trying to steal her away because he's, well, that's why she's my girlfriend. And I was just like, dude, you got a talented woman there, man. Like she's, she's going to be something good for the drumming scene. Like these motherfuckers better watch out because when Carly Brown is going to be deadly. I met Carly in olds when she was like fucking 16. She lived next door to the trash can. Oh yeah. I used to hear her fucking jamming out to ACDC all the time. Like, uh, I fucking listened to her. Fucking a little thrasher play. by heart. And then found out that she was in a band and didn't even realize who she was until I, I was told. I have pictures of me and her fucking uh, partying it up at the fucking trash can. Like, trading fucking pants with each other because <laughs> she had fucking... That actually is a common occurrence. She had the trash velvet can, pants. She had velvet <laughs> pants and I was fucking stoked. I've been actually digging it. I redid the kit recently because I've, I've been. Uh, if people aren't too aware, there's a uh, process going on between uh, me and Darcy and Darcy Knowles, old world class white trash fucking alumni there, and Nate. Um, we're trying to bring something a little bit fresh and new, but it's going to be a process that's done properly. We're not oh, doing yeah. like, oh, we got a rough mix and we're going to put it up on fucking YouTube or Just Facebook. so you know, we have pre-production done on a six-song fucking EP and five of them don't have vocals. And I have the artwork almost done. Shout out to Reed at Cursed Earth Apparel. Yeah. The guy's a fucking magician. And uh, he, he's a, he was a part of the scene. He was one who sacrificed his ability as a great bass player for a well-known band called Wake mm-hmm. to do the printing press for bands because he knows how hard it is for these newer bands to find access to printing press. And honestly, if you need shit printed, Cursed Earth Apparel is the, is the way to go. That's who I go to for all of my first fucking thoughts on everything. Big shout also, out there. You can send sponsor money anytime. Reagan Mayer, <laughs> Reagan Mayer is my go-to guy if I need something on the fly. But Reagan Mayer doesn't print the merch. He just makes the artwork. Yeah. Reed cuts out that one step. Also, he knows artists. Mm-hmm. So he will outsource it himself. Mm-hmm. Not without telling you, though, first, because what he told me for the artwork that we want, because I'm really new to this. I don't know the different styles. I'm a musician, a performer, an entertainer. I'm not a, a, a graphic artist. Yeah. So, with that being said, Reed Gennett makes this so much more fucking easier. There you go, people. That's your go-to. Check them out. Plus, he prints anything you can think of. And if you can think of something he that he doesn't have, he'll get it so that he can print it. Can he print ghost boners? I bet if you fucking ask him. Dude, that's, that'll be for our fucking... And if you didn't ask him, you should, because he'll probably get it done. Yeah. The big, we're, we're, we're not really musicians, 
We're actually ghost hunters. Those ghost boner hunters. Did you know that uh, because the whole paranormal, like, or sorry, paranormal phenomenon that's been taking over lately, like the nukes top fives and ghosts and all ghost adventures with Zach Baggins. Zach owns that shit. That motherfucker's got like four other shows. Museum in Las Vegas. Yeah, dude, he's owning it. But there's something that a lot of people don't know is that 69 percent of the ghosts that are caught on camera have boners. Now, me and Nathan, Johnny Vincent from Dynamite Studios, uh, Nicholas LaRouche, who we found out has recently been Nick the Dick, Dick Medium, Medium Dick, uh, he can tell if there's a ghost in a room that has a boner. So we've constructed a team together of um, ghost boner hunters, and we're going to be putting up web episodes pretty soon here. Um, the first pilot's only going to be like a five ten because we got to test the waters, but keep your eyes out for some ghost boner hunters. Other than that, Nate took off for piss. I'm not really good at hosting this shit. So this will probably get edited out. Uh, that's why I'm just going to go dicks, 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 dicks. This is not getting edited out. Uh. <laughs> This is why I'm doing the podcast, and Boyko's not. I said I'm not good at hosting this shit. But Boyko's good for talking, but... Everybody knows that. I bet you right when you said that, Boyko's good for talking. So many people listen to this, like, looked at their, like, buddy, went, fucking right! Hey, man, I am blessed with the gift of gab, and for that, I will not apologize. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Okay, we're rounding up on an hour here, and this is our first podcast. Well, then we're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah, we got three minutes minutes left. Let's throw some shout-outs out there. So, before anything, I want to throw shout-outs to Loudest Hellfest, Armstrong Metal Fest, Decimate Metal Fest, Calgary Beer Corps, my Mm -hmm. fucking heart and soul, the Calgary Beer Corps, Uh, Big Nate Promotions, Dickens, Verns, the blind beggar, mm-hmm. uh, border crossing, border cr- That's the which big is helping one. fucking CBC really get a good border stable crossing. Again. We have next week great shows happening out of that. Next place. week, February twenty second, we got one of the most slamming fucking hardcore punk rock shows coming. We got Reefer Madness, we got Western Death, we got fucking Citizen Rage, we got the motherfuckers. Playing Calgary Beer Corps shows. The motherfuckers. The motherfuckers are playing Calgary Beer Corps shows. The motherfuckers. If you know why, if you know why I'm putting so much emphasis on this, then you know why. I'm not going to go there, but it's going to be such a good show. Um, Boyko, who do you got for shoutouts? I know you have some. I'd like to thank my uh, dad for not pulling out, or else I wouldn't be here. And not kicking you out of the house. Yeah, last um, year. <laughs> no, it's just right now. I'm just it's it's starting to get so much better. That's why we're it's doing starting to just become really good again now. Like everything's coming together. There's a lot of lessons going on um, because of high demand. I'm actually going to start opening up more. Um, oh yeah, Boyko is Brian Boyko's Don Famulero fucking teaching list. Don Famulero, world educator listed. If you don't believe it, just go pick up an issue of Modern Drum. That's uh, that's you can the same see my as name fourth one down and list for Canada, baby. That's um, a degree. I work my of teaching. fucking ass off for that too. That's not like a bragging right thing. It's not like something where you just you just get given this. Um, uh, being recognized by the great Don Famulero is something I never thought would happen. It's putting me in the same category as other great, amazing Canadian drummers, like even Mike like my good friend, Mike, Malay, Mike, Mike Machine, man, world's fastest, and 
world's nicest. He's drummer. such a great guy. Oh, hey, shout out to my boy Zach Michaud. He's yeah. another great drummer on the up and coming. Yeah, actually, uh, listens uh, uh, with THC. I've still been teaching Nick. Uh, now, by the way, Nick Larouche, um, when you see this guy play again, get fucking ready. Uh, two years, me and him have just, and he's almost never missed a week. And uh, this guy's playing has just become the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm really, really proud with it. It's just been, it, everything's getting really, really good. Uh, lessons and stuff, you can always just like PM me, uh, shoot a fucking message. I'm, it, it, social media is a lot easier because I barely answer the fucking phone because I'm uh, old school. But by old school, he means broke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, the microphone's busted on the motherfucker. And, <laughs> I just don't want to drop another 200 on it, so All I right. think I might just pick up a new one. You motherfuckers are great. This has been the first episode of Trash Talk. Please tell me what you guys think. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me who you want to hear about. I will go out of my way to get an interview with anybody that anybody wants to fucking hear about. So, uh, What track are you going to leave these great listeners to? I got a whole stack of fucking Pride Lands from oh. Red Deer again. Oh, Red Deer's getting a fucking Pride tonight. Red Deer is one of my favorite fucking scenes. I got so many homies There'd in Red be a Deer. lot of likes on fucking from Red Deer folk. Fucking right. Cheers, motherfuckers. This has been Trash Talk with Nate Trash. I'm Nate Trash, and this is my fucking slick BDP. Right, boyco. It's been a fucking blast. Ah. Cheers, motherfuckers. We're out.